Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled, The False Teacher's Denial of the Lord's Return, Part 3. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning global audience of unchurched, self-study people, as well as those who are part of a church. For anyone looking for greater depths in God's Word with a stronger personal study, We also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Please note, we have had yet another setback. We have three very important issues to make you aware of that we are working on as quickly as we can to resolve them. We found out we have a water leak that will take a bit more than $15,000 to fix since much of our systems, like our heating system, which is more than 50 years old, needs replacing along with rerouting our water pipes that supply water to all points in our building. We also need a hefty water filtration system to account for fairly hard water. That's new and very needed. Please. Keep us in your prayers. On a different note, we are no longer on Tumblr social media. While we were updating our account for last week, it was terminated without any prior warning or notice that it would be terminated. We are puzzled by this behavior at Tumblr. We have thus moved on to a social media presence at Mastodon. A link is provided in our episode notes starting this week. We apologize for any and all inconveniences this causes. Another issue has risen in the midst of these two issues. Our short link host suffered yet another outage with no warning to their users breaking all our links found in our episode notes. They have now fixed their issues. All our short links are working again. Due to our own computer crashes, we lost the long link information we had ready to change these links on our site page. Our episode notes are fixed with long links as of this week. Again, we apologize for the inconvenience this greatly causes. It will be fully rectified this coming week. Again, we apologize for the severe inconvenience this causes. In our last episode titled, The False Teacher's Denial of the Lord's Return, Part 2, April 24th, we examined verses 3 and 4 as they are one sentence in my Bible. We examined the fact Peter's audience has forgotten something, though maybe in a hidden place of the mind, so as not totally lost, but they are encouraged to recall both the predictions foretold by the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior. Simply, they need to remember prophetic predictions and the commandment given them by Jesus through his apostles. We today can also learn things from any teaching source and then forget what we learned. How forgotten depends on the individual since words, events, or a bit of both can bring back to mind 
the remembrance of what the mind has misplaced. After all, lost is lost, whether in thought or the physical. Whether you find it again is up for grabs at best. Yet the mind, just like we do, can misplace thoughts and memories. Some stimulus causes these misplaced thoughts or memories to come back to remembrance. We also learned, the prophecies therefore deserve to be studied as an important part of divine revelation, according to Barnes' New Testament notes. When you learn more about Bible prophecy, you will know when prophecy is fulfilled in fairly nondescriptive words like, quote, wars and rumors of wars, end quote. Then, there are other things and or actions in the world that are more. To find out more, listen to our previous episode titled, The False Teacher's Denial of the Lord's Return, Part 2. Today, our scripture reads, For they deliberately suppress this fact, that by the word of God, heavens existed long ago, and an earth was formed out of water and by means of water. Through these things, the world existing at that time was destroyed when it was deluged with water. But by the same word, the present heavens and earth have been reserved for fire by being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. From Free Version of the New English Translation with Limited Notes, Second Peter chapter 3, verses 5 through 7. Notice how Peter refers to the global biblical flood. He notes that the world was destroyed by a deluge of water. We today live in that renewed world that followed, seemingly the same world. What's up with that? That begs the question, is this the same world as before the flood, only dried out? The simple answer is no. Everything that was here for Adam, Eve, and those that came after them before the flood is now gone with only possible references to this past time lost in the ground as some geographical surveys have uncovered. Remember, the world was destroyed, not annihilated out of existence. So too would the earth being deluged by fire. The world will be a burnt-out hunk of global mass, but it will not be removed. It will be renewed by Christ at his second coming to this earth. He will restore it from what the Old Testament says will be a world or planet in a gross orbit, wandering in space and not following its pre-designed orbit when it is merely a burnt-out husk of a planet. Please note, even though it is wandering in space, it is still sort of on the path that it is now. To be properly noted, there will be survivors of this horrible situation the earth is in before Christ restores it. However, I am getting way ahead of this scripture passage. So, what is this scripture passage 
saying to us. These scoffers had declared in the former verse that the world was the same as it was from the beginning, that nature always had and therefore ever would keep its course. But, says the apostle here, these scoffers know better. If they be ignorant, they are willingly ignorant what a change God made in the world since the first creation of it, and that he can easily destroy it as he did at first create it. To evidence this, the apostle shows how God by water drowned the old world, and therefore all things had not continued as they were from the beginning of the creation, and that this present world shall, when God's time is come, be ruined by fire, as the old world was by water. The same omnipotent power of God which created the world upholds it and preserves it, and will at last destroy it, namely, at the final judgment, when all wicked persons, especially profane scoffers, and those who deride Christ's coming, shall be condemned and perish. Hence learn that these great and awful works of God, the creation, preservation, and final destruction of the world, first by water and next by fire, none ought to be ignorant of, but all ought to meditate frequently upon and be continually prepared for. Note 2. That the day of judgment will be a day of perdition to ungodly men, they shall then be utterly and eternally destroyed. The wicked are called in Scripture sons of perdition. They are so actively, they make it their work to destroy others. And they are so passively, they shall be destroyed at that day, when they and their works shall be burnt up. From Expository Notes with Practical Observations on the New Testament by William Burkett. Both our Bible passage and commentary passages have mentioned scoffers many times. So, first, let's get a definition for the word scoffer. It means someone who jeers or mocks or treats something with contempt or calls out in derision. The act of deriding, ridicule, mockery. From the Free Dictionary by Farlex. That is a pretty ugly definition for the type of person being spoken of as a scoffer. We can see then such people who are called a scoffer are not someone who simply disbelieves something. Our commentary passage further firms up this definition of scoffer. It stated that the day of judgment will be a day of perdition to ungodly men. They shall then be utterly and eternally destroyed. The wicked are called in Scripture sons of perdition. They are so actively. They make it their work to destroy others. And they are so passively. They shall be destroyed at that day when they and their works shall be burnt up. It should be clear, once again, 
we are talking about people who are not saved in Christ and fail somehow as they progress through time and situations to receive him as Lord and Savior. They are unrepentant of the sins they commit. Many are even proud of things they do and or do to others. They even proudly laugh when they believe they have succeeded in doing something that has occurred at the expense of another person. These are some of the most obvious signs, even in today's world, that identify scoffers for us today, as the Bible is speaking about. Remember, too, there are many decent people, although unsaved, who are not scoffers by words, deeds, and or actions. Notice also what commentary told us in the fate of an unrepentant scoffer. They shall be utterly and eternally destroyed. You may think that is ugly and difficult to hear, but it is the reality of ungodly scoffers, male and female, who are confident that they need not repent. There is some considerable variety in the translation of this passage. The Greek seems rather to demand this interpretation, and then the sense of the passage will be, quote, It is concealed or hidden from those who hold this opinion, that the earth has been once destroyed, end quote. It is implied, whichever interpretation is adopted, that the will was concerned in it, that they were influenced by that rather than by sober judgment and by reason, and whether the word refers to their ignorance or to their holding that opinion, there was obstinacy and perverseness about it. The will has usually more to do in the denial and rejection of the doctrines of the Bible than the understanding has. The argument which the Apostle appeals to in reply to this objection, is a simple one. The adversaries of the doctrine affirmed that the laws of nature had always remained the same, and they affirmed that they always would. The Apostle denies the fact which they assumed. From Barnes' New Testament Notes It is interesting how we humans can believe something that is not true until we really believe it is true and have developed perfect reasoning to go with it, even though that reasoning is wrong also. Hence, at least, one foundation from which false teachers are born. False prophets are born from the same foundation. With that said, how does this world today differ from the world before the flood? The answer is simple and very easy to arrive to. Before the flood, before sin, the world that Adam and Eve lived in was perfect and without blemish. After sin entered into the world, eternal life as Adam and Eve knew it was no longer. The world, as a whole, digressed into such a dismal state of sinful living and actions that God flooded the world as his means of removing the sin of those times. 
fire awaits the next purification of the world, for it will also remove sin from the world before the world is renewed again. The few remaining sinful people will now have 1,000 years to repent before sin and the devil are put to final judgment. Notice what commentary said referring to humans. The will has usually more to do in the denial and rejection of the doctrines of the Bible than the understanding has. That may not sound as if that comment said it, but our will has more to do with our denial and rejection of doctrines, even rejection of personal ministry to us, than our understanding does most of the time. Meaning, there are times when we reason ourselves out of things or against things before we use denial and or rejection, which most certainly strengthens and finalizes our reasoning when reasoning is used first. Let us start to try and firm this up so we understand correctly. Commentary tells us, through which heaven and earth, the windows of heaven being opened, and the fountains of the great deep broken up, the world that then was the whole antediluvian race, meaning occurring or belonging to the era before the flood, the whole antediluvian race, being overflowed with water, perished, and the heavens and earth themselves, though they did not perish, yet underwent a great change. So, little ground have these scoffers for saying that all things continue as they were from the creation from John Wesley's Notes on the Bible. So, as you can see, the grounds for thought and proof that the flood never occurred are disappearing. Notice what John Wesley said. The heavens and earth did not perish. However, they did go under a serious renovation so as to not be as they were in the post-flood days of which we live in now. This is the little ground that scoffers have to say that all things have remained the same as they were from the beginning. Verse 7 reads, But by the same word the present heavens and earth have been reserved for fire, by being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. There is no difficulty here respecting what is meant by the word earth, but it is not so easy to determine precisely how much is included in the word heavens. It cannot be supposed to mean heaven as the place where God dwells, nor is it necessary to suppose that Peter understood by the word all that would now be implied in it as used by a modern astronomer. The word is doubtless employed in a popular signification, referring to the heavens as they appear to the eye, and the idea is that the conflagration, meaning a large destructive fire, would not only destroy the earth, 
but would change the heavens as they now appear to us. If, in fact, the earth with its atmosphere should be subjected to an unusual conflagration, all that is properly implied in what is here said by Peter would occur. From Barnes' New Testament Notes It is believed that there are, in fact, seven levels of heaven that start here on earth just above our heads and out of our physical reach, yet within the capability of our eyes to see. This notion is supported further by our commentary passage I just read. It said, It cannot be supposed to mean heaven as the place where God dwells, nor is it necessary to suppose that Peter understood by the word all that would be implied in it, as used by a modern astronomer. The word is doubtless employed in a popular signification referring to the heavens as they appear to the eye, and the idea is that the conflagration would not only destroy the earth, but would change the heavens as they now appear to us. Simply put, what we today call the sky is noted here as the heavens. So, at the very least, all that we can see in earth and sky will be destroyed. Not a great place to be a survivor. After all that misery and struggle, even some of these survivors still will not become born-again children of God. Scripture notes this and says, At the completion of the thousand-year reign of Christ, such people will be put to eternal damnation. Eternal damnation, or eternal life in heaven, is where this ends at the end of the 1,000-year reign of Christ. But the heavens and the earth that are now, since the flood, are reserved unto fire at the day wherein God will judge the world and punish the ungodly with everlasting destruction. From John Wesley's Notes on the Bible it just does not get any more clear than that, even though one can stand on the fact it never happening by believing the flood never happened. A false fact, however. That makes it easier to believe a false truth. So, where does that leave us? We know that. These scoffers know better. If they be ignorant, they are willingly ignorant what a change God made in the world since the first creation of it, and that he can easily destroy it, as he did at first create it. That seemingly makes it a black and white issue. If one deems this true, then it really is a black and white issue. If one does not believe it true, then one believes what they choose to believe. The only question now is, what do you believe? Next week, we start to look at the damage a false teacher can do in our episode titled, The False Teacher's Denial of the Lord's Return, Part 4. What does Peter mean when he says, 
the Lord is not slow concerning his promise, as some regard slowness, but is being patient toward you, because he does not wish for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Can one's outcome, in light of this verse, be either changed or locked? We will learn what Scripture is saying next week. Play or download our episodes from one of our podcast hosts, or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. All Bible quotes, without a citation, are from the New English Translation Free Version. Also, please check our show notes for links to our website and other information you may want to know. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched, currently an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. God bless you all. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners and new listeners. Thank you all so much. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. If you go to our internet homepage, under the podcast menu item, you can find many popular podcast platforms we are found on. So, you should be able to find us on a platform you like. We refresh all our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sunday's U.S. East Coast time zone. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh, many sooner than others. Our website is located at this internet address, unchurched.site123.me. Now, may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by grace gave us eternal comfort and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good thing you do or say. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.